0: Jaday, Sports by Fry fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. A Friday afternoon edition of the pod coming at you. Another quick fire, little bite-sized podcast. I'm bringing these back. I'm going to try and do one every Friday and possibly on Mondays as well. But I'm here to preview another weekend of interesting sport. The AFL season is going to be uh, the most of the talking points. We've got three rounds left in the home and away season And there's some pretty massive games on the slate this weekend that'll have big ramifications throughout the finals and the final structure. So I'm going to touch on a couple of them. going to talk about my fantasy moves for this week and a couple of other rookies you might want to target, a couple of other trade manoeuvres you might have up your sleeve. Deshaun Watson gets a bit of a mention as well, the Browns quarterback who has been uh, dictating a lot of headlines for the entire offseason. NFL training camps are... in full swing and the NFL season's etching closer so I'm going to start ramping up my coverage of the American Football League and LeBron has uh, commenced extension talks with the Lakers which is no huge shock but I just want to talk a little bit about that and what I expect from the Los Angeles Lakers moving forward so let's not waste any time and get into today's episode. Straight off the bat, first item of business, let's address the Deshaun Watson situation. So for those people who are unaware, Deshaun Watson is a quarterback who was traded to the Cleveland Browns this offseason in somewhat controversial fashion. He was given a massive payday by the Browns and a record-breaking contract. And this was all amongst the midst of him being accused of sexual assault and a couple of other misdemeanors with uh, masseuses, up to 30 women previously came forward and uh, complained about Deshaun and put their name forward in part of this case. And we've expected that Deshaun Watson was going to cop some form of suspension after bringing the league, you know, in quotation marks into disrepute and for his actions. And just earlier this week, Sue Robinson, who was overseeing the whole situation, handed down a six game suspension, which clearly wasn't enough for the misdiscretions he was accused of, of course, If he's believed to have been guilty, which everyone assumes he is and says he is, but he isn't technically been proved guilty by court of law. So a six-game ban seemed like all that Deshaun was going to cop, which was somewhat of a win, if you ask me for Cleveland. But just today, the NFL announced that they're going to be appealing the decision. They're seeking an indefinite ban, potentially. Could stretch for at least a whole year. And either way, it doesn't seem like we're going to see Deshaun Watson on the field anytime soon. So looking at the football side of things, it's a pretty big decision that the league is uh, undertaking. And as a result, it kind of fucks the Cleveland Browns a little bit. They've just traded Baker Mayfield, a former number one pick away, who's been their starting quarterback for a number of years. It seemed like those two parties were set for a divorce and his trade wasn't a huge surprise. But now that Watson's going to be handed... At least a six game ban, possibly even more. Cleveland Browns are going to have to uh, rely on Jacoby Brissett under center, who's somewhat of a journeyman. He's, you know, still in the middle of his career, I would say. He has bounced around through a couple of different teams the Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, but he's only got a 14 and 23 record as a starter. And Cleveland was starting to build momentum. It looks like they were in the position to challenge for a Super Bowl the past few seasons, but hit a couple of road bumps along the way. And The trade for Watson put them back in that Super Bowl contention uh, window. But now that he's potentially sidelined, I don't think it's going to be a great season on the field for the Cleveland Browns. So watch this space. We'll have to see what does happen with Deshaun Watson. But either way, it doesn't look like this season is going to be a promising one for the Cleveland Browns. Second topic today, I want to talk about Isaac Rankin and the fact that Adelaide is prepared to offer him a huge salary. So in the past... It's no secret that Gold Coast players have kind of flown the coop, if that makes sense. We've seen co-captains like Stephen May and Tom Lynch previously. They departed for uh, Melbourne-based teams. They're obviously chasing, you know, somewhere to play somewhere that's not the Gold Coast. And Adelaide's come in hot to try and pry Rankin away from the Suns. Now, uh, Isaac Rankin was taken with the third pick back in 2018. And he is a South Australian local, pretty talented uh, small forward. If you ask me, I think a lot of people uh, enjoy watching Rankin and there's no surprise that Adelaide uh, eager to secure him. They've offered him a five year, $4 million deal, which obviously surprised a lot of people. And it definitely surprised the Gold Coast Suns. They've been in contract negotiations with Rankin for the majority of the season. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like they were getting closer towards an agreeable number. Isaac Rankin just bought a house in the Gold Coast as well. So I don't think Gold Coast can afford to lose this bloke. I don't know if I want to be paying him 800 grand a year. And to be honest, I don't think the Suns can afford to pay him 800 grand a year. So sneaky maneuver by Adelaide. I rate it from a business standpoint and they want to try and get a local talent back home. They're another rebuilding team that's looking to end their finals drought. So getting a player like Rankin on their list would definitely improve their potential to do that. Like I said, Gold Coast can't lose this bloke. They've lost talented players in the past and it's a lot of dough to commit. So obviously they're going to have to change their negotiation tactic, maybe bump their offer up a bit or load his contract with incentives. I don't really know if the AFL does that as much as uh, American sports leagues, but they've got to do something to keep this bloke. I know that he's not potentially a difference maker, but he's a talented footballer and one of the most popular players that Suns fans enjoy watching. So I think Gold Coast needs to pony up and make sure that they do whatever they can to secure Isaac Rankin. The off season will be very interesting to see if Adelaide goes through with this uh, contract proposal and he does request a trade or if Gold Coast can somehow find a way to keep Rankin in a Suns uniform. Next up item number three, I want to talk AFL rookies. So at this point of the year, hopefully you're listening to this not fielding any rookies, on your uh, starting 22 team. But I uh, have been in that position for the last couple of weeks, fielding a couple of rooks. So I know that coaches have had some spanners thrown in the work. So you may be seeking some cash generation still with a couple of rounds to go. I think Bryn Tickle from Port Adelaide, who is a 192k ruck forward. He's the pick of the bunch this week. And if you still have a ruck in your R3 spot, that's got a little bit of cash on their head, now is the time to act, swiftly act to trade one of them to tickle Most people probably have Bryn tickle or another cheaper bloke sitting there, but if you don't, that is easily the smartest move to make this week to generate some cash that allows you to make trades elsewhere. There is a couple of other players that draw my attention though, none of which I'm super high on, but like I said, at this point of the year, you want to maximize as much cash as you've got to try and facilitate some other upgrades around the ground. So, Joyce Rong, the younger brother of Caleb, who uh, landed at Hawthorne, he's going to make his AFL debut this week. He averaged 56 in the VFL, which isn't exactly, you know, a breathtaking uh, scoring capacity. And it seems like he's going to play down back and pinch hit in the ruck maybe. So I don't expect a shitload of points from him. But again, 190K mid forward does allow you a little bit of flexibility if you want to target him and add him to either line. And you've got another mid forward in one of the other corresponding spots. So he's probably my second favorite trade target. Then there's a couple of defenders like Josh Worrell and K- Callan Dawson, who uh, appeared for their first game of the season last week. They're both in the low 200K mark. They're both standalone defenders. I think I rate Dawson a little bit higher. I expect him to hold his spot in Northside to close out the season. Whereas Worrell... He could do the same, but I have a little bit less faith in him, but those two are probably the defensive targets. I mean, Emerson Jecker is another Hawthorne forward who again is in the low 200 Ks who you could potentially target, but it's at the point with, you know, six trades left up your sleeve. If you want to bring in a 190 K guy, who's not going to play, probably won't play for the rest of the season. I don't hate. The move. Will Kelly from Collingwood is a guy who may be residing in some coaches teams and a defender forward that could allow some handy DPP action. A lot of coaches will potentially still have Sam Skinner rocking in their defense forward or utility spot. So if you want to bring in a guy like that, that allows you to make a couple of moves. I don't hate it. I mean, like I said, you need as much cash as possible to potentially move on. The likes of, I don't know, Spitball and Darcy Cameron, James Sicily, a couple of the most popular trade-out targets. Some people are jumping off the ship with Sean Darcy, Ben Keys, an underperforming midfielder like Jack McRae or Lockie Neal. If you want to chase these upgrades, then having as much cash in the bank as possible is a smart maneuver. So if you chase any of those cheaper rookies, that's fine, but nothing wrong with bringing in a 190K player who probably won't even take to the field in 2022. Sticking with the footy, fourth thing I want to talk about is the round 21 matchups. And I'm looking at three in particular. First one kicks off tonight, big Friday night blockbuster at the G. We've got the Pies versus the D's. second versus third on the ladder. Who would have thought this late into the season that we'd be saying that? But full credit to Collingwood. They won 10 on the trot and they don't look like losing anytime soon. They've got it done in a lot of close games. They're a pretty galvanized unit. Craig McRae's uh, gearing up for what should be a coach of the year award at the end of the season, but the D's are just starting to find their mojo at the right time of year. They pants trio last week at this time slot. And I don't know if they're going to smash Collingwood. That'd be a bit of a stretch because I think the pies are being undersold in this contest a bit, but I do expect Melbourne to win. They're gearing up to defend their premiership crown from a season ago. And while Collingwood have been hot, I think this is where their win streak is snapped. Second game that I want to focus on is a Saturday Arvo blockbuster between Fremantle and the Western Bulldogs. Huge clash again for both these sides. The Dogs just on the outs of the top eight and looking to squeeze themselves into the finals mix. While well, Frio have hit a bit of a rough patch. I'll say it. They've got no wins from their last three games. They've got one draw, which is fantastic, but they're still sitting sixth. And while I don't think they're in danger of missing out of the finals, they could slide as low as seventh or eighth and end up, traveling to, I don't know, depending on where Brisbane or Carlton or Collingwood themselves finish. They might be traveling to Sydney as well. They might be traveling to Queensland or Melbourne. You don't want to be in that spot. So this is a must-win game for Fremantle, but clearly the same could be said for the Western Bulldogs. I think despite the fact that they lost last week against Geelong, I'm going to side with the Dogs in this contest, which hurts me to say as a Frio fan, but fellow Dockers out there will know that we always have a glass half empty approach that being said I think this is going to be a bit of a nail bite I expect this one to be the game of the round and I'm just going to side with the Bulldogs even though my head uh, thinks that's the pick my heart really wants me to pick purple but I'm going to pick the dogs to get the job done the final game that I want to discuss is a Sunday clash between the Blues and the Lions two other teams similar to Frio and the Bulldogs that have a lot to play for in this late fixture fifth versus seventh on the ladder both teams coming off a loss And their form hasn't exactly been great either. They've kind of yo-yoed between wins and losses, respectively. So it is a tough ask. And I'll be honest, this is tight. I think Carlton is trending in the wrong direction. And I feel like even though Brisbane has a couple of losses, I don't know if I'm as worried about their form. It's being played in a gabber as well, which is a huge factor. So I'm going to side with the Lions. Wouldn't shock me, obviously, if Carlton did get the job done, but they haven't been in great form recently so tight but I'm going to predict Brisbane gets the chockies in this one and gets themselves back in the top four contention right I'm blabbering a bit here so let's speed through these next couple pretty quickly fifth thing on the agenda I want to talk about LeBron James extension talks. so there was encouraging and productive contract extension talks held between LeBron James and the Lakers uh, on Thursday reportedly no you do, no new deal rather has been agreed to yet LeBron is eligible to sign a two-year $97 million extension with the Lakers. And if you're Los Angeles, you keep LeBron. I don't care what anyone says about the fact that he's getting old and what the rest of their roster has and the fact that, you know, they're not really, in my eyes, a true championship contender right now. You keep LeBron James. He puts bums on seats. He's the second greatest player of all time. You sign him if you can. But it does give me a little bit of pause and got me thinking about the rest of their roster. I'm worried, honestly, that, the Lakers won't be able to get out of the play-in mix. It doesn't seem like they're going to be able to find a trade that's going to catapult them up the West standings. And a lot of the teams in the West got better this offseason. They're going to get a healthy Denver, a healthy Los Angeles Clippers team. A couple of other teams are going to come back. hungry: Phoenix, Dallas, maybe they didn't get better, but still, they've got Luca. So I don't think it's going to be easy for the Lakers to get themselves back in playoff contention. And the Westbrook trade just looks more and more abysmal by the day, there was a report coming out that apparently Darvin Ham, the new Lakers coach, will have uh, an extended leash to bench Westbrook down the stretch of games if he has to this season. So I'm like, oh great, the Lakers coach will be able to do his job. Breaking news for Los Angeles. It seems like a shit show. I don't expect the Lakers to do anything with the current roster that they've got constructed, and even if they were to maybe pull off a Kyrie Irving trade. They're still pretty thin. The one that's uh, appealing to me is potentially sacrificing a couple of picks to get their hands on Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, sending Westbrook back to Indiana, and potentially he'll get bored out there. Who knows? But that's the only deal that I really like the looks of from an LA standpoint. But as they're currently constructed, I don't expect them to do a shitload in the 2022-23 NBA season. Last item on the agenda, sixth topic. I want to talk about my fantasy trades. So again, going very quickly, I'm removing my last rookie from the field. I fielded Jai Cully last week, which uh, did not pan out the way I wanted to. And I did think about putting Josh Carmichael at F6 and playing him instead of Cully, but I have to remove the rook. So what I'm doing is trading my uh, fan favorite, Massimo D'Ambrosio to Jai Sarong on debut. Going to do a little bit of DPP action and put Jace Burgoyne back in my back line. And I'm turning Jai Cully into Zach Butters. I don't love the Zach Butters get. He is cheap as chips at the moment, but for good reason. He burnt a lot of fantasy coaches. I talked through a little bit of this on the Wednesday pod with JLo. but one of my matchups that I'm in, in my big money league, the bloke I'm going up against also has Zach Butters. So trading for him helps me, A, cancel out uh, a unique player. And honestly, I don't think Butters is going to struggle. I'm expecting him to go 90 plus against Richmond. That should be another Ripper game for what it's worth. But I was looking at axing Sean Darcy or Darcy Cameron or James Sicily, all popular trade-out targets. And I was eyeballing Paddy Cripps, to be honest, because I think he's going to be huge to close out the season, especially if George Hewitt is out for as long as people think. But I'm going to do the smart, logical thing. One rookie down, one rookie up to a premium, in quotation marks. Uh, to leave me with no rooks on the field. I think at this stage... The VC badge will go to Andy Brayshaw, although I am eyeballing Tuke Miller as well, but I'm aware there may be a Finn McGuinness tag incoming. So haven't yet decided which one of them I'm going to trust on Saturday, but I'm almost sure that I'll be uh, utilising my Rory Laird captain to back it up. The bloke I'm going up against doesn't have Rory Laird, so let's hope he can keep up his streaks of 120s and go bang to end the fantasy season. That's all she wrote. Another quick fire sports be pod. Like I said, I will try and get these back up and running with somewhat regularity. Got a couple of other YouTube videos and podcasts coming as well. I've been working on a few articles here or there. And the plan of attack is to kind of record audio versions of those articles. And then obviously I'll use that script on the top of a YouTube type video. So stay tuned to Spotify and uh, wherever you get your podcasts and YouTube for those incoming episodes. I'll be back next Wednesday as well to sit down with JLO and talk all things sports, but good luck to the fantasy coaches out there. Let's hope round 21's kind to you and you can keep moving through the finals. And let's hope my tip of the dogs is wrong and Fremantle will get some much needed W as well. Thanks for listening to this episode though. I will catch you next time.